Hey, this is uh, Editor Jeff here from the future, uh, or the past, I don't know. Welcome to Do The Thing. Um, I'm a cat. This week, we're trying something a little different. We're trying an interview uh, with Doug MacArthur. He's a musician, and uh, uh, I mentioned him uh, a couple episodes ago, and this is kind of an experiment. Again, you're teaching me what the show is. So I thought, I uh, couldn't do a live stream because of the holiday, and I thought, well, great time to do an interview-style uh, podcast and to put that out uh, on a Friday. So regular live stream will be back Monday. We're going to keep doing our Monday Night Creator Chats, which is what we call the live stream, and I'll cut those up into episodes of Do The Thing. Uh, I look forward to taking like you know your questions and hearing advice from you and learning what you do to stay creative and to stay um, productive in making your creative works, uh, and just how you're coping with life and being a creative person. But this week uh, is an interview with Doug, so we're going to try that, see how that works, see if you like it, and uh, let me know. And if so, we'll uh, find more interesting creative people to uh, interview. So that's it. Please enjoy this interview with Doug MacArthur, and we'll be back next week with a regular episode of Do The Thing. Hey, I'm glad you're here. <laughs> I'm getting a notice that my internet connection is unstable. Seems fine um, on my side. So, so okay. far, so good. We'll just keep rocking yeah. and rolling. Uh, I can hear you just fine. It's just, you know, um, watching you move, uh, it's a little janky, but that's fine. I'll try um, to be very still. <laughs> the internet's vision is based robot. on movement. So, so we're in Canada, but are we, is this a home office or is this, what is this? Uh, yeah, so I was saying, this is my home office. We bought this place. Uh, prior to this, I was living in this much smaller house on my own before we got together. And so uh, it's been very nice because I've had the opportunity to set up uh, a dedicated workspace for myself because I have worked full time from home since late 2019. Yeah. Pre-pandemic. Yeah. Yeah. You got in before the deadline. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's just, that's just how it worked out. I guess I, uh, have had remote jobs actually in the past as well that I've really enjoyed. And some other ones where I've worked in an agency that had an office downtown, but then gave you lots of flexibility if you wanted to work home from home a couple of times a week. So I've always had a workspace at home. Uh, but now I actually have, you know, like a full room with a door that I can close yeah. and just be in here and focus. And I mean, nobody else is here during the day, but it is still nice to have a dedicated space uh, for for my work and all my other tinkering. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that's where we're at right now. So does that? Okay, so sounds like work and play and creativity happen in the same physical space, right? I uh, yes and no. Uh, so I think when it comes okay. to like me being in a place where I can like record music ideas and you know work on other like projects whether that be i'm you know designing a website for some freelance client or i'm just doing my jobby job all that stuff pretty much happens in my office but i do uh i do try and go other places as well uh you know just to like get in a different headspace sometimes right. i just go a little stir crazy too and i need an excuse to go somewhere right 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 i'm that way that's why i went to the apple store the other day was there anything there? 
was there anything there? Well, uh, we're, we're right before, aren't we? Uh, yeah, that's actually interesting. I did have a, I ran into a, a someone who I uh, worked with a long time ago. I went through a, a communications and broadcasting program uh, at Red River College here in Winnipeg. And part of that was that they give you co-ops. So they give you little internships that last for mm -hmm. two or three weeks at different places. And so mine was at a local TV station called City TV, uh, which doesn't exist anymore. Uh, and I was working as a copywriter for the breakfast television program. And so they would bring me, okay, here's all of the like promo spots. They do these little 30 second promo spots to let you know what's coming up on the show the next day and the host would read it. So they wanted me to like basically, you know, write this copy. And I did that for two weeks and then they offered me a job and I turned it down. It was a whole thing. Mm -hmm. um, it was a time when I wasn't finished school. My college had a program where if like their whole deal was, we want you to get a job when you're done. So if you get offered a position before you're finished your diploma, they just fast track you and they say, you're done. Here's your diploma. But I could have done that, but I still felt like I had more to learn. There was probably six months left in the program and another internship that I was supposed to be going to, which I was really excited about. So um, it was a weird spot because the person who lined up the internship for me was my instructor in advertising. And so he says, here, I know the manager at this TV station will line you up. It's going to be great. And it was great, uh, but I just didn't feel like it was for me. Uh, and so I got to the end of it and they said, we'd love you to work here. And I said, I'm, I just have some stuff I'm not finished with yet. <laughs> Maybe later. How old were you when you made that choice? I was, I was 26. That's a really mature choice for, for that time period. It feels like, you know, I mean, like, I know you're right on the cusp of whatever, but like, uh, that's a, it's a long view of your life to take. I think that's smart. Yeah, I think it was a combination of things. I had already gone through university, a four-year degree, and gotten, uh, you know, my uh, my degree in English literature with a minor in philosophy, uh, and you know, had a real fun time. Like philosophy jobs, you know, they're just handing those out like candy. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> after that, I worked. Uh, I I worked for a. Uh, a company doing a whole bunch of different kind of marketing and communications and uh, type stuff. Um, and it was mostly just because a friend of mine's, uh, a friend of mine's mom ran this company. Uh, it was like a publishing company uh, that she was expanding to have like a speakers bureau and all this stuff. And they needed somebody who knew web stuff. And they're like, Hey Doug, you're good with computers. Can you like help me fix this spreadsheet? And I did such a great job at it that they offered me a job. I worked there for like two years after I graduated from university. And then that made me realize like, okay, now I feel like I, I, this is what I want to do. I want to work in advertising and marketing. Uh, but I don't have any formal education in that. That's why I went back to college. Hmm. Uh, and then fast forward two years, I have this internship and my main goal is really, you know, to try and get into a position where I would do more strategy stuff. Um, and I was really focused on that. Um, and so I got this opportunity to do, to be like a junior copywriter at a TV station and, uh, it was fun, but I also just didn't see there being a lot of opportunities for me to parlay that into bigger things. Uh, and yeah. so I was like, yeah, um, maybe later <laughs> yeah the tv station's kind of always going to be the tv station like they're a factory and that's what they do 
and that that's it. That's it. That's, you know, a lot of like local community outreach stuff. But my understanding is that's kind of it. Yeah. And I think like looking back that 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 decision turned out to be positive, not just for me, but for other people as well. There was another person in my class who was super eager to do that kind of work and was able to pick up that position because I said no. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, whereas she was off at some other internship that she wasn't actually interested in. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah. And then for, for me, like that gave me, uh, you know, I went back to do another internship a few months later uh, at a way bigger agency. And that kind of was the jumping off point for the whole rest of my career. So that's kind of what puts you in where you are now. Yeah. Yeah. In terms of like, so, you know, um, day job. Yeah. 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 Uh, so uh, I was talking to my, my corner philosopher and I was buying a, buying a, buying a pound of philosophy from them to go. And uh, we were talking about when you're sharing a space with, because I know that sometimes you get out and I do the same thing, but, but when you're sharing a space, a physical space with work, and it's also somewhere you can go to be creative only because it's the only place you can kind of be on your own. Um, how, how are you mentally keeping those things separate? Or is that even an issue for you? It is a big issue for me. Uh, so, uh, okay. Not to get into a very long drawn out story about, things, drastic things that happened in my life. But in 2019, I was working at an ad agency uh, in downtown Winnipeg that was on paper my dream job. I was being a marketing manager, working on strategy. We had interesting clients. The agency was growing. Lots of really cool stuff was happening. They had, you know, a really nice modern office space with all of the amenities and snacks and uh, unlimited vacation time, which, you know, uh, that one I could talk about for a while, but uh, yeah, that's a secret trap <laughs> well on negative things. Sure. Um, and, uh, I was really struggling. I didn't want anyone to know because I like in my mind, my ambition through my career up to that point was to have a job like that. And so I was trying really hard to, outwardly express and to convince myself this is a, the kind of thing that I want to do and this is what's going to make me happy and fulfill you know what I want to do in my career and, and other stuff in my life um, but the reality w- was that I was struggling really hard with just the level of responsibility that I had in that role uh, because there was massive expectations there was a lot of money on the line for the agency as well in terms of, okay, these projects have to get done and clients are expecting things and we have to deliver results and all of that stuff. Uh, and I struggled hard at that. I wanted to do a great job, but I just wasn't. And I didn't find that it was an environment that was full of the support that I would need for the kind of person that I am to get stuff done. And I didn't understand what that meant at the time. Uh, But uh, fast forward to, you know, six months later, and they're saying this isn't working out. So uh, you got to go, which was super tough for me, Uh, you know, sort of given my thoughts about this being the type of thing that I want to do and trying really hard to succeed at it. And just it didn't work out. 
uh, and being really confused as to why that was. You know, I'm like, this is the kind of thing I want to do, right? Um, the reality was that I was fighting a losing battle and I didn't know it. Uh, and so losing that job was the catalyst for me finding out that I have ADHD. Ah. Okay. So I... <laughs> I Let's go grab a glass of water. Hey, let's go grab a glass of water. Huh? Uh, Tips and tricks. I, should, I, should, I probably should have turned that off. I always get caught up. My, I have a the Google daily routine. Trying yeah, to yeah, yeah. To be a better person. Look, um, I, I, I have things like that too that pop up on my watch. And yeah, I get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just funny that it interrupted me at this moment. <laughs> having this, well, but it's self-perfect, and it's funnier because it, it's also a system that you put in place because of the probably the thing that you just mentioned, which is like here's here's a struggle that I have, and here's a literally one of the tools that's helping you popped in to say, "Hello, I assist Doug." <laughs> <laughs> that's absolutely true. It's absolutely true. Uh, I totally have things like that set up for myself. I'm big on you automations. To. You have and to, one though. of the main reasons for that is because I can't, like, unlike some other people that I know, I just can't, I can't hold tasks in my brain. Right. Uh, I can't trust my, it's, well, this may be a negative way to say it, but I just, I know for sure that the ambitious thought of, well, I'll just remember, like, that I need to do this thing later. Uh, it just doesn't happen right. for me. Um, but anyway, right. so going, going back to what I was saying, you know, about about sort of going on this journey of self-discovery, as pretentious as that might sound, that's actually, I, I don't know any other way to really put it. Yeah. Um, and for me, I I don't, I, I don't know if I ever had any, like, real big feelings or uh, fear or any kind of, you know, uh, aversion to seeing a counselor and that was something that i actually had done before in the past when i was going through a different rough time uh and so uh i just thought you know what i um i think i need to figure some stuff out for myself as to why you know the thing that i wanted to do the most that i felt like i was going to be successful at the environment that i was working in that i thought was going to be the best for me was kind of the worst yeah <laughs> Yeah. Um, so I went to see somebody about it and they asked me a bunch of questions and then they actually, they interviewed my girlfriend and they interviewed my, some of my family members. And then they came back to me and said, yeah, we're going to write you a letter. Uh, and this letter says you have ADHD and here's the recommendation. If you want to do medication, you can do it. If not, you know, here's a bunch of other resources you can take advantage of. Um, and so I did that. Uh, and that was the starting off point for me having a much deeper understanding of why I am the way I am, how I work, uh, how I can set myself up for success creatively and you know, productivity wise and literally everything else. And in my relationships, how to express myself when I do stuff that might not make sense to other people uh, to just basically say, this is how my brain is wired. Uh, and this, this is the reason why I, I do this or that. And also ask for accommodations as well. Mm -hmm. uh, so in my next job, uh, you know, I started that whole thing off being, uh, and this is a, this is a thing that I've learned that is some people approach with a, 
with a healthy amount of caution is sharing that information about yourself with an employer because, you know, it could be handled many different ways. I was yeah. fortunate enough to work with someone who very like who understood that environment very clearly and understood how to accommodate me. Uh, and that was great. So I, I like felt super fortunate that, you know, it wasn't damaging to me in my job to let them know, you know, what I struggle with stuff like that and how to, how to accommodate me, things like that. So, yeah. So, and I've done the same, like I've, that was, you know, and I've, I've moved jobs one more time after that. And I've always, sort of had that same approach and have had a lot of success getting support. Um, so I, I read, I, I try not to go down too many rabbit holes, but I do read a fair bit of, uh, you know, stuff online from people who have ADHD, same struggles. Um, and a lot of people are worried about that or who have had very negative experiences with trying to share that information with their employers. Don't know what kind of jobs they have, but it was a thing that I've seen come up you know, here and there was that this could be, it could be per perceived as something that is, makes you unemployable or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, that's, that's fascinating. I, I thank you for sh sharing that. I am wondering how much of, uh, your journey with ADHD contributes to when you, maybe why you started, but also, maybe why you start or stop making music at any given time. Like, yes, we all get busy with life, but like in addition, um, what are, what are the particular things that are going on with you that like you, that either get you in the zone or that get you out of the zone? Do you go on streaks? Like what's, what's, what is it that works for you? Oh, it's hard to, it's hard to pin that down. I think, you know, I've always, I've always had some external catalyst that has, you know, pushed me in the direction of, of doing music. Um, but for the stuff that I just started, it wasn't a new year's resolution, but it did start, I think, you know, over the holidays. And it had been something that I was thinking about for a long time because I would sit down and look through my archives of all my little snippets and, and song ideas and stuff that I'd worked on that I'd never properly recorded and went, you know, I think this idea is actually worth, worth doing. Um, but I wouldn't ever sort of have that follow up. And I think, I think for me and kind of tying this back to, uh, you know, one thing I struggle with, which is sustained focus. Mm -hmm. Um, for me to sit down and open up logic or whatever it is and try to start like putting down tracks and organizing things, it gets complicated very quickly and it could get overwhelming as well. And so that's, I think one reason why I had many failed attempts to do a lot of recording and put down a lot of ideas in some structured way myself. And then I just thought, why am I doing this to myself? And I think that was informed by, uh, a realization that I don't need to do this 100% alone. And that I also don't, I don't need to, I can have an idea and I don't need to be the person who 100% executes it. Uh, and mm -hmm. so uh, I, that happened to line up with 
with someone who I have known from the music scene in Winnipeg for a long time, just tangentially, whether it's because I went to see his band's shows a whole bunch and just admired his work, or I met him through other musicians uh, who I've worked with, stuff like that. There's a pretty tight-knit community of musicians here. Anyways, his name's Rusty Robot. Uh, that is mm-hmm. his legal name. He changed That's it great. legally. Uh, he's an excellent human being. Uh, and so I just reached out to him and because and, he had posted something about how he had some uh, some room to take on some, some new clients. He does production. He's a multi-instrumentalist. Uh, he does everything. And so I was like, this is perfect because I know I love his songwriting style. He can basically do everything. And I think that he'd be a good foil to me. And I also just he had also been somebody who recently, uh, you know, found out that he has ADHD. And so he and I have very similar brains, very similar sort of ways of thinking and stuff like that. And I think I just was like, I think this is going to work. So I reached out to him, said, hey, man, like I got some song ideas. Here's a video of me playing this one song. Like, do you think this is anything? And he goes, yeah, man, I, I I think that's super cool. I'm like, yeah, okay, let's, can you help me record it? And he goes, yeah, absolutely. I can. So, so that's, yeah, that's kind of how that started. And I think it was back in January that I started uh, working with him and it's been incredible since then. Like I, oh, wow. um, I've just really enjoyed not just making music uh, with his help, but just spending time with him too. Cause like I said, I think we were just very similar personalities and stuff like that. So uh, he's just a super fun person to hang out with, which you don't, I don't know. I, I don't know if you experience this too. I'm, I'm 41 and I find it really difficult these days to just sort of have new friendships come out of, you know, anything, uh, especially mm. since, you know, we've just gone through a period of time where everyone was living insular lives and now it's opened back up again for yeah. quite some time. But I think for myself that my default state is like, solo oh sure sure yeah so to have someone to bounce ideas off of who i feel like gets all my stupid futurama references (laughs) uh and all of that has been really great uh and so it's just um in terms of my confidence in myself and my abilities creatively having someone like that on your side it just has been like it has skyrocketed my own productivity. It is now sort of convinced me that I should keep working on more new stuff, uh, which I've been doing. Uh, and, um, and yeah, and, and just now has sort of, cause this is the thing too, is that, uh, I just felt like there was a big sort of hole in my life where I was like thinking about what does, what makes me happy? Uh, what are the things that I do in my life? that, you know, just make me feel like I'm spending my time valuably. Uh, And making music is definitely one of those. And I just thought, hmm, I kind of haven't done that for like six or seven years in any significant way. Why? Mm. Like, what is it that stopped me from doing it? Mm. And I had to think like, yeah, sure, there was a bunch of life stuff, like you were saying, that happens. Uh, But that that's not enough of a barrier for me. You know, I just had to get out of my own head about it. Oh, sure, sure. It's interesting to hear about creativity as like quality of life uh, booster or salve or like another way to sort of maintain and scaffold the rest of your life. Um, 
I, I think that's fantastic. Like, like it's, it's interesting cause you know, cause I'm, I live in the, uh, in a little bit of the other world where it gets hard for us sometimes to kind of have a, a, a proper life <laughs> because it's always like the gig or the thing or the, you know, even just like freaking like, when can I cut my hair? Because if I audition for something a week ago, I got to look this way until I get a call or don't get a call or get some sense that something's happening or not. That kind of weird right, stuff. Right. Um, and it, COVID was weird for us too. Cause we, we were isolated like everyone else, except, um, I did a whole bunch of TV shows during COVID. So I, you would go up and you'd get swabbed on the set and you'd, so I, you know, I was, I was weirdly working and meeting people a lot during this weird lockdown time. Cause all the studios were just like, we, we gotta, everyone's watching TV. We gotta make TV. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which yeah, was a very interesting uh, motivation for that. It was a weird time. Um, but I love hearing like, I love hearing that you found a creative partner and like my initial instinct had been to ask how you felt about the work that was coming out of that. Cause that's just how my brain is warped. But hearing you get to sort of the, the end of the story, um, I really came around to like, it's not that the quality of work's not important, but cause that drives you to keep doing it. But, hearing that just the process is so enriching to your life as a whole you know uh, theater kids especially are taught all the time like it's about the process the process the process i spent a huge chunk of time uh, a couple months um rehearsing a bunch of uh college actors I, i've directed a show as a favor to a friend of mine and uh the performances were like a few days, but the rehearsals were a couple of months. And I realized, okay, this is process, 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 process. So yeah. I love that you're finding joy and reward in the process. And that seems to be fulfilling. Oh, absolutely. Like, I just, all I do now is think about the next time that I'm going to get back into the studio so we can keep doing cool stuff and trying different ideas and just yeah. seeing how things come together. It's so much fun. Yeah. Uh, I do come at it from a completely different perspective now, though, because there certainly was a time in my life where uh, I was, uh, you know, sort of standing on the fence uh, thinking about, OK, I have um, I have two two skill sets that I've been developing, one in music and one doing, you know, marketing stuff and, and being uh, a writer. Uh, and uh, there's certainly crossover there, obviously, but I did think for a little while when my first, so my first band was called Broken Halo hmm. and we had a moderate amount of success. Uh, we put out two records, we toured Western Canada, we played some big festivals, we played with uh, you know, some, some pretty big name acts like uh, some 41, ZZ Top, The Trues, The Tea Party. Um, I'm trying to think of Evanescence. Nice. Uh, yeah, we played with some cool, nice. like, really big bands. Um, and, uh, and so, you know, we were at a point where, you know, if we had all really dug deep and committed to that as being a thing that we wanted to do, uh, that there could have been legs to it, you know? I sure. think our music was strong enough and that there was enough interest in us uh, as a group that we probably could have, you know, uh, got representation and booked more tours and kept writing and recording more music and stuff like that. Um, and for me, uh, I think I, 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 looked, I looked ahead to what that lifestyle would be as somebody who was in his kind of mid-20s at the time. And I thought, 
do I want to be a person who just like exists in this weird nominal space where I'm just on the road all the time? And yeah, road life is hard. Life. Yeah, that's hard. Um, and I've met many performers who, uh, you know, who who chose that lifestyle, uh, and there are some massive trade offs to it. Uh, so I, I don't know. I guess yeah. it's just a personality thing, whether or not that just kind of jives with if that if you can stay happy and productive while you're always on the move uh but i do think that there's a point where people burn out from that oh sure sure i you know we're close to athens over here so uh, i have a lot of friends out there a lot of musician friends and stuff and uh yeah there's that whole spectrum of stories with them you have some who are who are lifers you know amazing talents um they find various levels of success where they don't, you know. Um, but some of them are always out on the road, and it's the same feeling you described. And, and maybe that's just that's their life, and they love it. Um, and there's some people who are always kind of between gigs, or some people who did it really hard for a while, and now they're just in Athens doing other things, you know, for, for similar reasons. So it's just fascinating. Like, everybody's path is so different. And I... You know, that, that thing that always kind of eats at me about, um, like, you know, like hustle and grind and like everyone's always trying to, right. you know, if you're not trying to be a number one top of the mountain, then something's not worth doing, right? Which is, I think, a stupid head, headspace that I have been in when I was younger. Um, but it, that whole way of thinking just worries me because you can't be that way without like judgment on other people and it's like i'm listening i'm listening to like you and talking about how like um the the and the work i've heard is great but just hearing you talk about the process and how fulfilling that is for like your life as a whole person and the choices that you decide to make you know to protect your life as a whole person and then to not let go of the creativity but to work it into you know your life in a holistic way i think has tons and tons of value um i don't i don't know if it's like in a I don't know if it's like an American thing or not that like there's such like a career, career, career thing, or if it's just, I, I don't know. I don't know, but uh, it's just something I know <laughs> I notice, and I'm trying to <laughs> encourage a conversation of things are worth doing that are not your job as far as like you have to do creative stuff as a job. Yeah. Says, I, says the guy who does creative stuff as a job. Where am I talking from? But do you know what I mean? Like, uh, I do know what you mean. Uh, I mean, in my day job, I do get some opportunities to do creative stuff, whether yeah. that be just, you know, helping my clients build out landing pages and making that look great for them in a way that they didn't expect or, you know, just coming up with solutions for things. There's creativity in everything, uh, you know, that you do. Um, I'm sure even mathematicians have some level of that. Um, but I, I think, like, for me, the split between my jobby job and what I do outside of that, uh, creative projects outside of that, you know, whether that's like building myself a retro game console with Raspberry Pi or making music, whatever it is, um, that once again, I feel massively privileged and super fortunate to have the freedom to do those kinds of things. And the only way that I have that is because I have a great job that pays 
well enough that I can pay all my bills and still also have time to pursue creative stuff. Uh, and so for me right now, uh, it's like, I think what I was getting at before when I was saying, okay, I, there was a point where I was kind of on the fence about, do I want to do music as a career or do I want to just sort of keep that in my back pocket uh, and go down this other path, which I did wind up doing. Um, it was, I felt at the time that it was a hedge. I was like, all right, well, if the music stuff doesn't work out and I don't become a massive superstar, then I know I've always, I, I've already, uh, you know, sort of built up some other skills and I can just go like fall back on that and have a job. Um, and it was a little depressing at the time. I was sure, like, sure. you know, does that mean I'm not confident in my own, uh, you know, in my, in my own sort of talents as a musician or anything like that. But looking back on it now, uh, I'm so glad that I'm in the spot that I am because now I, and I know this is probably a different experience for you. I don't have to, um, I don't have every, I don't have my whole livelihood wrapped up in my creative output. Oh, sure. Yeah. I mean, my union's about to go on strike, dude. I get it. <laughs> you know, oh, like, yeah, yeah we just, a lot of that. we just voted. Yes. Like sat or it's not official, but like, yeah, we have our little thing from SAG AFTRA. That's like, Hey, why don't you vote to authorize a strike? Mm -hmm. And we're like, okay. Um, I think, you know, you're right. You're right. Our experiences are different and, and I appreciate that. And I like, <sighs> I like the world where either choice you had made at that crossroads is valid. If you had chosen to go the other way and like, I'm going to dig in, you know, no matter what it might've worked out. It might not. There's no way to know. Right. Right. But you know yourself better, hopefully than anybody. Um, which also I think is something that's like super important that I want to help communicate. It's like, is like if folks can really, really understand themselves, you know, I think that's so important to having some kind of satisfaction in life. And I think, uh, um, yeah, I, I could not have made the other choice as, as many other things as I've traded off and not, and things are not easy, but like I could, I could not have made the other choice and I have tried like, it's like, okay, well, maybe I should, and you know, and, uh, the universe keeps picking me back up and saying, no, 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 buddy, you should be over here. It's like, uh, but I'm broke. It's like, yeah, well, whatever. Yeah. Um, but it's like, okay, but in the hard times, it's like, yes, but this is what I chose. I take responsibility right. for that choice. And I understand that even in the hard times, this choice was the right choice for me, which is nice in the good times too. But I think either choice is valid. And what matters at the end is that you are able to be present and like happy where you are. And like you find the way to make the, the creative stuff work for you that in a way that is healthy with your life, which it sounds like you're doing. Yeah. Uh, I mean, for me, I think what I'm really enjoying right now about making music that's very different from my experience in the past Yeah, is that number one, this is a completely solo effort for me. Yes. I do have an incredible producer and, and uh, you know, someone who's really helping me make the best version of 
uh, everything that I'm putting out there, which I couldn't be more thankful for. I am so happy that I have that relationship. Um, but on the same note, like I don't have a band that had where every member may have slightly different ideas about what success means and were, to be in that. Group. Were you were you formally like the band that that you've listed? Was that like a proper band or was that? Do you know yeah. what I mean? Okay, okay, that's what I thought because that's the people you toured with. Yes, it is. Okay, okay. Yeah. Got so it. I've had I've had two bands in the past. The first one called Broken Halo, and we did all the touring and put out a couple right. of records. Uh, and then after that, I formed Soapbox. Uh, that's who with, I was thinking of was Soapbox. Yeah. Yes. Uh, formed Soapbox with a guy who I went to elementary school with, who's another brilliant musician and also producer. He actually went through school to be an audio engineer. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so he has an incredible studio in his basement, and that's how, where we re- recorded that album. Uh, and, you know, we just sort of put together um, uh, some folks from sort of different parts. There was actually, so the the former bass player from Broken Halo uh, joined Soapbox to play guitar. Uh, and then a software developer who I worked with at an agency in Calgary uh, moved back to Winnipeg because it's his hometown and it just so happens that he plays keys and he had always been interested in doing something with me because he and I had connected on that when we worked together at that agency. Uh, and so he joined the band to play keys and then uh, Colin, our bass player, uh, who was my buddy from elementary school, uh, was in another band with a really good drummer and he brought that drummer on. So, you know, I mean, that's a pretty common story of how bands come together. Everybody knows somebody who can sort of fill in those spots and stuff. And yeah, and we gelled really well together. We wrote a bunch of songs, recorded an album and we never really, the only thing that I think I would like to have done more with Soapbox is that we didn't tour. We, we didn't tour at all. Uh, we played a handful of shows, uh, and that kind of was it. And then, uh, the band dissolved because everybody in that band kept having babies. <laughs> that happens. You know, uh, that happens. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Do you ever record on the big inch uh, reels? Do you know what I'm talking about? The big reels? <laughs> yeah, like a tape machine? No, yeah, unfortunately not. Oh I've gosh. been in a bunch of studios that have that equipment, but uh, yeah, I, I haven't had the privilege. There's there's an incredible studio here uh, that has just uh, started getting really busy in that little while. That does. I don't know if it's all analog, but they have a lot of analog equipment and that's kind of their specialty. They're called No Fun Club. <laughs> um, and uh, you should take a look at their Instagram. They're very active there and, and they do tours around their studio space and stuff like that. And they're a bunch of goofballs, so it's fun to watch. But uh, they have an incredible space here. I have never recorded there, but, uh, you know, I've seen it uh, and it's really, really interesting. And they, yeah, they do all that analog stuff, all the tape stuff. So maybe Amazing. maybe next time I... Uh, start up a recording uh, thing, I'll, I'll go there. I'll have to check it out. Where I'm at right now with just being creative and making music is that I feel a much freer than I have before because there's no, yeah, like I said, I'm not with a band. There's no real expectations in terms of what other people think the music should sound like or what should, what should we do with it? You know, where should it go? Things like that. It's just me on my own. I am, <laughs> I'm self-financing uh, my own recordings. I have no expectations or deadlines in terms of, you know, uh, what does it sound like at the end? You know, what's my vision for it? Stuff like that. I'm letting that evolve pretty naturally. And actually, that's a thing that I know, like, my producer, Rusty, has been very sensitive about, too, which I appreciated a lot, is that, you know, this is the first time that we've worked together on music. And so he didn't have any idea what my expectations were going in. And so I found it great that he would stop a lot of the time 
uh, and let's say we were working on laying down drum tracks and he would have recorded a take and then we would stop and we'd talk about it and he would say, okay, well, what about this part? Or did you like this rhythm? Or does that line up with what you thought this part was going to be like? And I mean, there are just some instruments that I just don't have enough experience on to sort of give any informed opinion. I can just say I liked how it sounds or I didn't, but mm -hmm. most of the time I'm just like, I trust you, you know, like I trust that you have an idea of what the best version of this is and that you're going to apply your own style to it. And that's great. And so I have a much more relaxed uh, attitude to what the output is uh, than uh, I have had in the past because I've had to sort of manage a whole bunch of other people's expectations in a band. Mm, right, right. There's a, a movie. Uh, I shouldn't even I shouldn't even bring it up now. I'll I'll tell you when we're off. That yeah, I, you know, I'll tell you when you're off. There's a movie that like totally <laughs> okay. hits this balance of being a, a, a working person and making music, but also the dream. Uh, that I saw at a private screening that I will tell you what it is later. <laughs> okay. It sounds cool. Um, Cause it's not, um, it's not a, well, it, I just it finished is cool, watching, it's not a thing yet. Uh, I just finished watching uh, Daisy Jones and the six. And I mean, as much as that's just a straight sort of fictional retelling of Fleetwood Mac's rise and fall. Hmm. Um, one of the things I found super interesting about it is all their sort of dramatization of what it's like to be in a studio and to try and make music with other people. And mm -hmm. obviously, I mean, those are the most exaggerated versions of those relationships where people are literally having fist fights in a studio over what they want the song to be or you changed my lyrics or whatever. I've never had that experience. Yeah. Um, but I did find it really interesting to just have... Uh, any like I'm always I always gravitate towards stuff like that, you know, just any any sort of fictional version of something that I've had experience with myself uh, is always really interesting to see. And especially when it comes to making music. So I don't know, like the good version of that is, you know, once where it's just a super sad sack guy with an amazing talent who, who uh, has this relationship with this other musician that should be a romance, but isn't because he's got this other thing going on. That to me is an amazing story. And I saw Glenn Hansard live uh, shortly after that film came out and he blew me away. Like he's mm. in, in person, just as charming as he is on film. Um, I'll have to check those out. So th those I, kinds I, of I... things I always think about. Yeah. I'll have to check. I'll check, check both of those out. I I spent a lot of time as a kid uh, in recording studios because my uncle was trying to be a country music singer and and it was interesting. So we go up to Nashville and we do the whole thing and you know some some life lessons learned there about contracts, especially. Um, yeah. Before because I will ha I'll have to uh, hop away in a little bit, but I wanted to know um, if there's any kind of music that you like. That you wanted to share, if there's something that you wanted to play, or if there's something you want me to drop in, like you know, later I can put some you know art on or something. But I don't know if there's uh, anything like yeah, yeah, orally that you I thought want to share. I thought about that. Yeah. Um I'm I'm very happy to play something. Um, and so I just don't I don't know how it's going to wind up sounding on the other end. Um, but sure, I'm sure, happy to, to to give this a shot. Um, I did have a kind of. It's like the tiniest yeah, of tiny desk concerts. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, let me let me give this a shot. And okay. if it doesn't sure. sound great, we can edit it out or sure. you know, whatever. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but uh, yeah, let's let's see what I can do here. This is called Control. Uh, 
we've already said all we need to say. We've already had it out. So take your petty words and back them all away. Yeah. We've already had it out. If there's a little heart beating in your chest, they'll know to let it go. If there's a little voice screaming from inside, then you'll never lose So is that a new one, an old um, one? What is it? Uh, that is, yeah, like, uh, it's old. Very old. Yeah, yeah. I think I wrote that in like 2009. Amazing. Wow. Yeah, it's been around for a long time. Uh, and, it, you know, it's funny because the meaning of that song has changed for me. Like, I haven't changed the lyrics or anything. The structure of the song is basically the same as always been. Um, but I just come at it at different times in my life and it starts meaning different stuff to me mm-hmm. when I wrote it, you know, I think I was most just sort of thinking on the most superficial terms of like relationships that don't go well in my life and why that happens and, you know, conflict with people and, you know, sort of getting stuck in a rut in a relationship. And like, there's a lyric in there about how you have, you know, um, all the fights from 30 years, but over five, um, and so I think now what I come at it from is a much more sort of positive outlook <laughs> because I feel like 
my songwriting in the past it's been so drastically negative <laughs> like i don't know why but i kind of i was just influenced by other uh artists at the time whose lyrics were always just such a downer that that's sort of where i tended to go as well uh but now i just come at it and i'm like no this song is actually about somebody who realizes stuff isn't going well but who has also had the realization that they can take control and they mm, can change yeah. their own attitudes and they don't have to necessarily be, you know, burdened by someone else's version of that story. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Well, thanks for, thanks for sharing that. Um, and I, I love hearing, I love how it stays with you. Like when you make something and it's sort of that companion in your life as you, as you move forward and, yeah, and the yeah. meaning of your art will will change to you. Yeah, yeah. And you know when you think about when you when you share stuff with people, that's happening for them too, right? Like whatever your song meant to someone in 09, they probably have a different outlook on what it might mean now and it might be in line with yours or it might be something totally different based on what's happened to them since then. So that's pretty neat. And that's such a I think that's such an interesting, you know, thing that happens when you interact with your your own art or some other people's is that it does change meanings and i think as an artist somebody just putting creative stuff out into the world one thing that i think just takes time to realize is that you can't be precious with your work mm -hmm. uh, that you know <laughs> like like the uh uh steve jobs quote real artists ship yeah yeah so, uh, you do have to let other people experience it at some point. Uh, otherwise, why are you doing that? Uh, not to say that there aren't people who just make stuff just for themselves and nobody ever hears it, which is also sure. you know, totally valid. Um, but I do think, too, that you, your relationship to your own art changes when other people hear it and have their own interpretations of it. And you might actually reframe your own perspective on what you put out there based on what somebody says about it. I know that's happened to me many times when somebody comes to me and says, oh, this X, X song was, you know, really important to me because I just really thought that it was about this. And I think about it and go, my my initial um, bad person reaction to it is like, wow, you really messed that up because that's not what this is about at all. And I just thought, no, it it it's about whatever you think it's about. Um, and I understand that. I've gotten reviews before where it's like, oh, was that what I was doing? Oh, shit. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I think, you know, like I said, I, I don't know if this is necessarily something that you would. I, I think you'd have to be an uh, extraordinarily mature person to start out making things. Uh, with that perspective and mm. just let them be out there in the world and not have, uh, you know, have emotional, you know, your emotional state tied up in how people react to stuff you make. Uh, but I also think that right now with the things that I do, uh, that I always, it's funny, when I start working on something, uh, like the, you know, the, that sort of skeleton of a demo that I sent you, which is going to be, you know, produced. Um, I'm not shy to to show people the, and the evolution of something that I'm doing, because I'm always excited to be like, check out this cool idea I had and look at these like mm, harmonies yeah. that I'm going to put here. And this is such a cool idea. And then 
you know, for example, with that specific demo for that song that I sent you um, that's called Draw the Line, I had a, a really interesting idea for some backing vocals, uh, just this line that kind of repeats. And I took it to the studio when we started actually recording it proper, uh, uh, myself and Rusty. Uh, and I showed him that and he was like, dude, this is super cool, but this doesn't belong here. Mm, okay. And having him be super straight about it was uh, so great because that gives me confidence that he's not the kind of person who just is going to let me do whatever I want and uh, produce something that doesn't, that isn't the best version of it yeah. that the two of us can come, come to. It is a level of trust when you have someone who's want to say, hey, uh, maybe not this one. <laughs> You're like, thank you. <laughs> Uh, yeah, well, that I can prevent too, a lot of doubt you know, in the the creative uh, process. There, there's a master, there's a mastery to how you how you tell someone that an idea that they have isn't bad, but isn't going to produce the outcome that they would hope. Sure. Uh, yeah. So the way he phrased it to me and sort of the way we talked about it made me feel like, okay, no, he's taking care of me here. This is cool. Yeah. Um, and so then you can trust them when they say something is good. Absolutely. Right. And that's another thing I think is difficult too, is that when, when you, when, especially if it's somebody who you are, are just starting to work with creatively, that if they're heaping praise on you for things that you're doing, um, I just, think a lot of people including myself come at that and have a difficult time accepting that they're being sincere Mm -hmm. about it Mm -hmm. uh so i think that's also just a, a very important lesson to learn that when someone comes to you with a compliment even if it may seem you know like there's not a lot of weight to it or that it's something that people just say to be polite the more that you are accepting of it and you say, Oh my God, thank you so much. Like, you know, I, I did think, you know, I I had a good feeling about this and I'm so glad that, you know, you liked that idea because, you know, that validation is, is so important uh, to like, I think for, I think I've mentioned this before too, just having that like person who validates the stuff that you do and says like this, these are great. Like, you know, those kinds of things. It's, it's such a confidence booster. And for me too, it's a massive inspiration to keep working, right? It's to keep doing more stuff to do the next idea and the next idea and the next idea. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, uh, it took me a long time to get comfortable if someone would say they liked a show or they liked to, I don't know, some piece of work or whatever. Um, but then I started to realize like, if someone says, oh, such a, this, I saw this thing. It was really good. Like anything other than thank you, I appreciate it. Any kind of rebuttal or denial, like, even if I like wasn't feeling like whatever it was was not where I wanted that piece of work to be. Anything other than thank you is right. like me calling them stupid. And that's, you know, they, they want to show some sort of like they want to connect, they want to share. And me saying, oh, it really wasn't that good. It was me saying, oh, well, you clearly like it come off as me being demeaning to them or, or saying or dismissing them. And like, that's really <laughs> shitty. I, I know what you're saying. It's like, 
it's like somebody oh no that was terrible (laughs) you know i I saw you in this show and i thought you were really great and and i just really loved the performance whatever they say uh and if you come back to them and say oh you know that wasn't my best work uh that that conversation could be perceived as as you sort of saying well wow you really must not have good taste if you enjoyed that because in my mind, yeah, yeah, the worst thing I've ever done, kind of thing. You know, sure. All, everybody has hang-ups about things that they put out in the world, right? Yeah. And once you're done doing the thing and, and you put it out there, you know, most of the time you can't go back and change it unless you're like a George Lucas. There is a sense of like, you know, you want to, you want, you want to be like, you know, you you want accept the compliment and you want to let people know that you appreciate them saying the thing because sometimes too, and I I felt this way too. I don't know. I see like a somebody who I recognize from something, you know, I guess actors probably get this all the time because it's so like, you know, your face is so much tied to everything that you do. Um, you see somebody who has done something that you really liked They're in the airport or whatever. And you go up to them and you say, Oh my God, I love your work. I saw you in this movie, whatever. Um, it becomes almost like a transaction to them. Sometimes I feel like, especially people mm. who've been, you know, who have much, a lot of notoriety or that happens to them all the time. You know, I hear, I hear people saying that they really struggle with this, uh, um, that it can be really taxing. Uh, to have to continue to do that interaction over and over again every day as you're going through your life uh, and to have it still mean something because you don't mean something to the person on the other side, right? But to have it still mean something to you that right. you don't need the validation anymore, maybe. Um, so I do think that there's a balance right. there. Of you want to you want to seem humble uh, and you want to be accepting of a compliment, but at the same time, you know, um, I guess there's just a, de- it depends on, what your own personal experience is and especially coming up to someone who you you have that parasocial relationship with um where you've absorbed them as a person in so many different things doing stuff and your perception of them as a person is completely tied up in you know their work whereas their experience as a human being going throughout the world is totally different and so yeah yeah there's a complete imbalance there i think is really really difficult to navigate sometimes yeah, well, you're also too close to it. You you know all the things that were wrong with it. You know, you know all the things that are weird about a show or about a gig or whatever. Like, you know, um, so sometimes I think we lose perspective. Um, and, and, you know, as long as if you're an entertainer and they're entertained and like their life is better for a few minutes because of a thing that you got to be a part of, like, and you know everything that's wrong with it. Well, every restaurant you go to, like the the staff is a, is a mess, and they know all the things that are dysfunctional about that restaurant. But like, if I love the food, I, that's fine. Keep being dysfunctional; it works. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> yeah, whatever you're doing. Yeah, but, yeah. I, I, I've definitely had that too. Where, you know, on on previous your albums, personal life is a mess, but this are... burger is great. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, your marriage is in shambles, but damn, that <laughs> but boy. burger was really good. <laughs> uh, <sighs> <laughs> oh, man. No, I, I definitely... Sorry, go ahead. Albums, albums. Probably much mi- more minor skill, too. I was saying, yeah. I mean, yeah, albums that I've put out in the past. There are songs that I really, really like and that I, you know, still come back to and go, you know what, this is pretty good. Uh, you know, I'm happy with that. Other ones where I'm like, that was a total stinker and, and whatever happened in the studio that sometimes it was decisions that were completely like not, I wasn't even present 
you know, working with the band, there's times where we had sessions where our guitarist and our producer would just meet and do a bunch of stuff. And then we would come back later as a band and listen to it. And uh, they would be like, you guys, we worked so hard on this and check out this and that. And doesn't this sound incredible? And I'd listen to it and go like, that's not what I imagined this song sounding like. And like I was saying before, and then you have to navigate sort of relationships. You don't want to upset people who've worked really hard on something that they value in their creative. Yeah. Work. Well, and you um, want to be open to it, it being to different come together as a whole. Right. So I, I've, def I've definitely dealt with that too, where, you know, I have a dear friend of mine who knows every music, every bit of music that I've ever put out. And he's a big fan. And I appreciate that massively. And, but we have big disagreements on like whether or not a certain song on a previous album is any good. And I just, he's like, man, that song is, you know, that's one of my favorite ones. And I just, I just like it. And I'm like, I'm like, that's cool and all, but it's a total piece of garbage and it could have been a lot better. <laughs> like, you know, that, and, and I've had that back and forth and I just realized like, that's not a, um, that's not a productive conversation. I'm not going to convince him differently because it's his opinion on art. Like, uh, and so as time goes on, I just have to like, kind of, like I said, just kind of let go of the idea that, uh, you know, it's ever going to be different. Yeah. And it's not yours anymore. Like you made it and they, that person likes it. It's not yours anymore. It's theirs. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no. yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, I think we're going to end on this high. Um, I appreciate so much you sharing the music and like your story and, and, um, and just your perspective, just, just understanding how your art integrates with your life and how you keep on uh, uh, doing it and, and making stuff and, and doing the thing that makes you happy. Um, well, thank thanks for you very being much here. For inviting me this is so cool man i just yeah you know what it's um like i i was just mentioning uh, the whole idea of just having a parasocial relationship with with someone and so uh you know i know you and i have uh, chatted back and forth on yeah it's Mastodon been fun it's been a YouTube lot of fun and stuff like that. it's super fun uh but at the same time you know i think i probably have been more i i've i've been absorbing stuff that you've made more than i have been interacting with you and so it's so cool to have oh, an actual conversation with you and 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 all that so it's super fun I appreciate feeling like I'm not shouting into the void. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's going to be tough when you are doing like, uh, you know, just just a solo live stream and oh, you're yeah. trying, to, uh, trying to watch comments and then also still have things to say and stuff like that. Uh, it is a, yeah. it's a very strange, very strange situation that I think, uh, you know, is just. To me, it's like part of the zeitgeist now that we have so many people who just do yeah. streaming yeah. and when i when i first started watching a, a lot more streamers like on twitch and stuff i just found it so strange to watch someone sit there silently and go like this and they're scrolling through the comments and going oh yeah 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 and then they're, re they're reacting <laughs> yeah. to stuff but it's like it's so there's such a there's such a time dilation happening where like there's massive gaps in between sort of yeah. when you say something and when they're able to respond to it and you know a lot of time while that's happening they're building a mechanical keyboard or playing a video game mm -hmm. or doing whatever it is they do um and so to me it's just like it's it's such a strange conversation that i don't think could have ever happened before uh, yeah yeah it's like a it's like a, a radio call-in show where instead of call-in they get telegraphs uh right because and it is weird that it's a massive amount of time that happens let me let me read this uh, let me read this 
it's like swimming right. it's 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 bizarre yeah yeah but it's not even so much like a, a letters from listeners right because then mm-hmm. you're like reading it in advance and you've got prepared responses mm-hmm. to some degree uh no it's it's live but it's not uh, and so I do think that that's like, I don't think there's anything necessarily good or bad about it, but it is sometimes really funny to watch somebody just go completely silent as they scroll through their own uh, chat. Oh, it's so weird. Nugget of it's something so they can weird. comment on. Well, too, because, you know, you want to be like um, respectful of, I, yeah, I hate to miss anyone who says something. And especially like folks have been sharing like really stuff that's like kind of personal about art and stuff like that so i i feel bad if i miss any of it so i try not to but it's weird too because i come out of like an improv background and i did a lot of improv and you know I, i'm trying this i'm practicing you know in front of everyone because it's fun and again my union's going to go on strike and i'm so used to doing things now that are you know takes and you shoot it and send the can and you know you made stuff that's not going to come out for months you know and half of it you can't talk about and whatever so it's kind of fun to just be like, blah, hello, world. What's happening right now? Yeah, yeah. It's weird. Right. And you do, yeah, you do, you do the thing and, and um, you've got that conversation happening on the spot. And then you've also got ammunition to, you know, cut that up and, and make little segments and do your animations and do everything like that. So um, it, it gives you, man, it must keep you busy. That's, that's all I was thinking. <laughs> <laughs> well so far it's fun we'll see i'm trying to i'm trying to pace myself you know a little bit i imagine yeah. like there will be a time where like the streams kind of dip come and go you know as i as i want to sure. do them and i i stick to you know maybe stuff where i find some more uh creatives to talk to because there are folks that are in very interesting places in their career but those people are more time constrained because they're more public figures and stuff and so it's like well, if I'm going to yeah, get with yeah. them, I'm probably not going to get a live stream with them, but I can probably talk with them in a can for a little bit and I can right. roll that into something, you know. So I really mean it when I'm like really trying to learn from everybody, like, what the hell is this? Like, like a lot of times when I, when I used to teach improv, um, I'd walk in a room and I'd be like, well, what do they need? Like, that is what you had planned. But you look at this group of people that are in front of you. And maybe someone's having a weird day or maybe the group is not listening to each other or whatever it is, you know, I like to learn well, what do they need and then craft the class around that. And I feel like this is like the same thing. It's like, well, what's going on with people? You know, I don't want to assume that I know anything about anything. I'm not just not an advice thing. I'm just trying to like learn what is actually working or not working for people. And how can we maybe be a little nicer to each other and understand that creativity doesn't have to be your work but that also doesn't mean it's not important but if it is your work that's also okay and i don't know i don't know i'm trying to figure it out man (laughs) well i just uh, i've been inspired by uh the by all the stuff that you've put out that's uh, so kind that means so much to me thank you so much that is so kind i'm trying Uh, I think I mentioned. I think I. I think I mentioned too. Uh, we we had a little, uh, you know, a little offline chat just trying to organize this this thing, and we were yes. talking about um, uh, how you had been thinking of doing this podcast for quite some time, and you you you'd had the um, the the website and all this other sort of you know. Um, oh yeah. All all the things that circle around the actual thing. And then you just decided, why am I waiting? Like, what is the thing that's sort of, you know, going to be uh, 
going to actually trigger me to do this? And you just realize, like, nothing. Just go. Go for it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I had the same. I, 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 I was commenting it. on that because, like, I had the exact same experience Be- myself. I was going to do a show. Uh, I had a really clever name for it. I set up a website for it. I made a logo. I did a whole bunch of sort of the work around yeah. trying to, uh, you know, set myself up to make something that looks really cool. Uh, and then, yeah, and then I got up to the point where I was like, okay, now I actually have to uh, come up with topics. Uh, record shows either just on my own or <laughs> yeah. line up guests. And I was yeah. like, I was like, this is too much. <laughs> um, yeah. So that I got, I got up to that point and then stopped, uh, which is too bad. So I might revisit it now that, uh, you know, uh, yeah, you should fine. go for it. You should, that's so kind. You should, you should go for it. That makes me, I love, I love it when folks are like, yeah, and I'm doing stuff and, that makes me really happy. You know what killed me is, oh, I don't know if it was 10 years ago, but it feels like it was. I had this show, I had a bunch of show ideas, and I was showing some thumbnails to people. It was just casually at a restaurant, just a friend of mine. Um, and my friend's girlfriend leans over to the do the thing art. She goes, oh, I want to know what that one is. <laughs> and that's been sitting in my head forever. It's like, I need to just do this. I need to just do this. Anyway, blah, blah, blah. Well, we'll call it here uh for tonight but um uh i'm i'm like so glad that you're here and uh i'll cut this up and make stuff and and i'll make i'll make you look cool that's that's my job it's really good to talk to you i'll catch you online and stuff yeah yeah you bet